It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Oz Business Live from our Brangaroo Studios. This is the call 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it in an hour. On this Tuesday, the 14th of February, where love is certainly in the air. Uh, let's welcome Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, who is an old romantic from way back. Love is in the air. Yes, exactly. Yes, it is. I, can, I can sense it. Yeah. Can you? Yeah, well, I can too. Josh Barker. Uh, how are you going with Valentine's Day? Do you observe it? And uh, doing my best. Yeah. Doing what I can, yeah. Well done. <laughs> Good to see. Good to see. Josh has... Uh, um, certainly got the uh, uh, love in the air feeling on this Valentine's Day. Josh Parker from Macro as well. Have you got any love for stocks at the moment with uh, the reporting season? No, quite the opposite. Oh. So pretty, pretty negative on because of macros. You've got high levels of cash at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, portfolios are relatively defensive. Uh, a few corporate bonds in there, um, some cash positions, and even our equities holdings are quite small allocations, right. especially if you take them up before the report. Right, mm. okay. Yeah. So reporting season is playing out the way you think? Yeah, we. I mean, on the 1st of Jan, uh, sorry, on the 1st of Feb, we were of the thoughts that by the end of the month we'd be lower, um, heading into... A, uncertain reporting season at near all-time highs. Um, yeah, the risk was definitely to the downside, so uh, we're playing this one pretty conservatively. Mm, okay. Rudy, how are you seeing it? It makes two of us. Play it. Oh, very same boring thing. broadcast, very boring broadcast. <laughs> um, no. I mean, I, I, I made a prediction ahead of the results season that the, the onus is now on companies to deliver enough evidence that share prices should actually go higher, yep. and that's, that's a big hurdle to climb. Yep. Um, and we see that so far. I mean, it's early days, but we're, we're in the middle of the month, but in terms of volume, we're actually, volume in, in reports, we're actually very early still. Yep. Um, but I, but it's, it, it's straightforward observations that most share prices fall yep. or weaken on the day of results releases. And that's right. basically in line with that's what, what's what, happening I, what now. I was uh, predicting, yes. All right, let's uh, take a look at the five stocks we're going to uh, cover this half hour, JB Hi-Fi. Babcorp, uh, LaVisa, Oz Minerals, and Viva Energy. Now, I know we did Viva Energy this time last week, Josh, when you were on, but uh, we've got another question about it, so that's ca- coming up shortly. Um, stock of the day, oh, how do you choose? There are so many of them uh, out today, a tidal wave of it. thought Sims was interesting, the uh, the recycling, metal recycling group, uh, half year net profit down 60% to $101 million. Sales revenue for the period dropped uh, 10% to $3.8 billion versus 4.27 over the same period last year. Result was impacted. Uh, multi-decade high inflationary pressure, tight labor markets, high energy prices. Alistair Field, the boss of Sims, says the company delivered a resilient performance during a period of margin compression driven by lower steel prices 
as consumer demand weakened. Uh, Rudy, what did you uh, you think of the result? Um, <coughs> I think that's, it's it's quite a it's quite a good choice of stock of the day. I think because yeah. it shows the the other side of reporting season. Uh, what what often confounds investors is that a company comes out with let's for the sake of argument say sixty percent profit growth and then the share price tanks. Yeah. And this one came up with a 60% fall in profits and the share price rallies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It shows that... O open lower, but then as investors <coughs> digested it, they got in. Reporting season is all about forecasts. Yep. And of course, uh, needless to say, uh, the market was positioned for a bigger fall in profits. Right. Um, so you get a rally today and then the question of course is, is this now a great investment for the, for the, for the, for the months ahead? Um, yep. I, I, my cautiousness would not have disappeared simply because today is uh, not as bad as expected. Right. Um, I do not know exactly how the earthquake in, in Turkey is impacting on their business, but I do know that Turkey is an important market for them. Oh. Um, and the, the obvious observation to make is that um, if, if the real impact of, of interest rate hikes from last year is yet to impact on economic growth this year, um, then these guys haven't seen, probably not seen the bottom yet. Mm. I mean, that might be wrong, uh, because it doesn't necessarily go uh, according to textbooks. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't be ex uh, extremely exciting here because the share price has halved and rallies today, yeah. and they have a result that is uh, not as bad as expected. It's still down 60%. Yep. And, um, and, and I think there's, there's still the, the slowdown in the US and elsewhere is, is yet to show up in, in GDP numbers. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be rushing in here. Um, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't even hold the stock. I would, if right. you hold it, I would take today's rally as a, as a, gift, as, as, as a gift from the guards and, uh, and go to the sidelines, yes. Okay, all right, mm. Josh. Yeah, it's important to note it's, it's coming off record revenues and, and earnings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely one of those ones where they're, they've flagged lower revenues because they can't get the inputs. They've also got higher inflationary costs, which is a lot harder for this type of business to pass on. So yeah. I'd much rather be involved in companies that have that ability to pass on those costs. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be a common theme this reporting season. A few of the companies that we're going to discuss today have that. Um, but some of them have it as a short-term compression and then they can pass it on and some of them just have to ride out that, uh, that, that increased cost pressure. So yeah, definitely be on the side where you can pass it on rather than companies that mm. are growing revenues, growing earnings and growing dividends at the moment. Yeah. So you'd sell into the rally if you had it? Yeah, I don't think this is necessarily a, a, a terrible price for Sims. Um, there's only been about a month or a couple of weeks where it's really traded significantly above it in the last few years. So, um, yeah, I'd take the opportunity yeah, to sell into this one. It was $22 back last April. Mm. So that, yeah. uh, that was cyclical, a big peak. That's, that's a cyclical business. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, exactly. Um, what about JB Hi-Fi? Emily wants a view mm. on that, Rudy. Um, um, just three weeks ago, yeah. share price shot the lights out on the, uh, on the trading update. And yeah. then the half year no. figures... Come in, it drops. It has, what the hell? It, it has been, oh, 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 it has been a little bit waiting for Godot so far. Huh. I mean, we all know that uh, hiking interest rates <coughs> ultimately does have an impact. It's just that yep. we, we had to wait this long and, and consumers in December would not uh, hold back either. And, and obviously these guys had, had, had either in January that even surprised management uh, on the upside. Yeah. 
irrespectively, the market remains convinced, and I think that's, I mean, that's a very uh, valid uh, thesis, is that the impact is coming. Yep. It's just delayed. And on that basis, uh, the share price is probably uh, not that attractive uh, here. Um, having said so, this is obviously, this is by, by, by all metrics, one of the best retailers we have in Australia. Right. Uh, it's often uh, nominated as probably the best retailer potentially in the world. Yep. Um, they do a very good job in keeping their costs down. But at the end of the day, they will still have to battle uh, very good results from last year and um, um, increasing pressure on, on, com on, on household budget, essentially. Right. Long story short, would I buy it here? No. If you own it already and you've done well so far, I can see the logic that you simply don't want to get in and out on a regular basis, so you can actually hold it right. and, you, and you cash in the dividends. Right. Um, under any scenario, I would still argue that maybe you take a little bit of your exposure off here. Okay just to reduce, reduce your risk for any nasty things that might, might happen over the next six months or so. But this could potentially definitely be one of those stocks that you simply own for the longer run. You take the, the temp right. temporary weakness on board. I mean, depending on... on so on, take on some profits, but... Depending on your strategy, exactly. Right. Because at the end of the day, this, it, this remains an, an excellent retailer. Yeah. It's just that the, the outlook here, it looks a bit... Yeah. has more question marks around it. Uh, Josh, you had it as a supercell mm. last time we uh, uh, you're on the show, or the, the time before, mm. uh, proved pretty good. Um, yeah. No knock on the company; it's just a cycle it's going through. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, what we had in January was a massive rise in the index, and yep. uh, I think one of the best performing sectors was the discretionary space. Mm. Um, no updates, and actually, the economic data around that was coming out quite negative. Um, and even in the last week, you know, we've had a couple of companies been beaten up on their reports, but something's also happened in the economy where we're now expecting another about 50, 40 to 50 basis point rise, both here and in the US. So that's only going to further the um, sell um, on the discretionary stocks. And perhaps that movement was a bit too much of a, a jump and kind of got a bit carried away with itself. Um, you know, again, today we've got Temple and Webster and Breville both down on their reports. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely good numbers, um, but it was all past looking stuff. So yep. it was all from uh, the Black Friday and the Boxing Day sales. Um, you know, the market's trying to look, be a forward indicator now that those numbers have passed. And uh, yeah, definitely that sort of um, home target area with companies like the good guys that they have in their brand, yep. uh, that's really going to get hurt. So still a sell for you? Yep, still a sell. So is that a general thing on retailers? Is there a price you'd get back into um, be a hi-fi? Or is your view, you know, with the slowdown with interest rates coming through, hey, just bide your time for a year or so? Yeah, I think we'd rather see the consumer confidence turn around. Yep. So that's the other thing that's happened in the last week is you know, the ANZ Roy Morgan consumer confidence has come out, really yeah. low levels. Um, only about 9% of people are expecting an economic improvement in the next 12 months. So we're definitely 12 months away from, from allocating okay. into anything like that. All right. Um, next stop, Frank wants a view, uh, Josh on Batcorp, mm. uh, the largest automotive parts and accessories business, sort of a retailer. Uh, well, it is a retailer. Autobahn, uh, Midas, uh, ABS, is that in the same category as 
Um, I don't think so. So it's technically a discretionary stock, but uh, 90% of its business is non-discretionary in nature. You know, you have to go and um, repair. Get a new tire or something. Yeah, so 80% of their business is um, non-discretionary through uh, wholesale, so through mechanics and things like that, to get vehicles on the road to be driven safely, they're essential. Uh, And about 10% of that is also uh, non-discretionary from uh, retail consumers. So only about 10% of this business is actually discretionary, and yet it's in that sector. So um, I think it's fairly cheap, it's hovering around those three-year lows. the automobile area typically does get quite hit quite hard, um, but that could work for them because people are not going to go out there and buy new cars. They're going to spend more money on, on repairing their current car that they've yep. got. And it's a little bit of the COVID hangover in that industry as well. So um, this is one of those ones where they are probably expecting that small compression in margins, but they have the ability to pass it on. So okay. um, yeah, I'd be happy to accumulate these just any, anywhere around these levels. I think okay. getting a good price for All them. Right. Uh, Rudy? Ha, we got a different view. <laughs> um, value trap, and for the simple reason that a lot of people make that mistake. Uh, I mean, I used to be a big fan of, of, of Babco, as you probably remember. Yeah. Uh, I owned it uh, quite briefly, no, not briefly, but shortly after they're listed, and then I had it for a few years, yeah. uh, over which period the share price uh, did exceptionally well. Um, the problem is, however, that we are going to transition to electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, the market sees, obviously, you see that coming. I mean, even if it's only in 2030 that it will have an impact, the market sees that coming and has therefore derated this, this company. Because they, yes, they are moving into Asia and they will, they will try to find um, new growth engines. Because at some point, if you, if you speak to people who actually own an electric vehicle, they, they don't need to do anything. There's mm. no parts. Mm. There's no maintenance. Yeah. Um, which basically means these guys are all about parts and maintenance. Yeah. So that business model is on the, on the threat longer term, which is why the stock is derated. It looks cheap and it will look cheap for the next decade. Okay. Having said so, you can, of course, in the shorter term, um, uh, inc- uh, you cash in the dividends, the share price will fluctuate a little bit. If you take a little bit of a longer term view, you see that for the, next, for the past three or four years, the share price essentially has gone sideways. Profits went up, but because the valuation got derated, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. I think that basically is the outlook for, for Babcor. So if you're happy uh, to play the short-term swings, fine. You're, you're happy to, to cash in the dividends, fine. But I think um, if you think that this uh, stock is going to re-rate again, you're, you're kidding yourself because yeah. the, the future is electric vehicles and these guys are not in electric vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Having said so, it's it's an incredibly resilient business, which is why I was a big fan of it. But that was obviously on the basis that we would stick with uh, with fossil fuel cars and we're not, let's mm. face it. Yeah. So for me, it's a, it's a long bore around it. Um, why would you, um, I mean, if, if we would go back and, and, and we, we had uh, horse carriages listed in 1900 on the stock exchange, they would have looked cheap for a very long time until, mm-hmm. they're, until they're out of business. And this is basically the outlook for this right. company, unless they find a solution, which for the, for, the, for, the, for the battle of me, I can't find a solution for these guys. Yeah, And it's interesting, what is it? Tesla was the number three uh, vehicle in uh, sales in January and EVs were even higher with all the cheap EVs coming from MG and the it's, like. It's happening. I mean, they themselves think they still have a, a good seven years before the impact hits. Right. But 
with all those so forecasts sure. before you know it it's an acceleration okay and, um, all right another another retailer steve wants to view rudy on la visa mm. the uh um what would it it's not costume, it's sort of costume cheap, jewelry. Cheap bling, cheap bling. Oh, I didn't want to use a value jewelry <laughs> rather than cheap. Uh, of course, you see them in all, all the shopping centres, and if you've got daughters and granddaughters yeah. that are teenagers, yeah. you know, they spend all their money on the visa, regarded as being one of the best run retailers in the country. Steve, what's your view on um, It's definitely one of the, be the better performing retailers we've had, yep. uh, definitely since they're listed. Um, they've done exceptionally well, and, and they're obviously um, appealing to, to an audience that uh, is not mine, and I don't understand that, but uh, yeah, don't that's fine. Mind. We don't have to understand everything. Yeah. Um, the, what, we what, what we need to understand is that their, their profile is based on the fact that they can continuously open new stores in, in new markets, and yeah. that is basically fueling that growth. Um, it may well be US is the big one for them at the oh moment, well when they're looking at India and China, China so right, if okay. they if they could potentially crack those markets then uh, literally the the sky is the limit yeah um, but that's obviously again um, easier said than done I'm, I'm from memory they're also eyeing Poland so I'm not sure whether they've actually moved in there or anyway right. anyway it's all about expansion because I mean they obviously have an appeal um, given where the share price is and given the, the prospects that um, if we get household budgets under pressure in the US, in Europe, in Australia and elsewhere, it may well be that the, the rollout of their stores has to be slowed down. I mean, because there's okay. only so much you can spend as a, right, as a so company. They're, they're at the low end of jewellery. Uh, but the share, price, the share price is still relatively five year high. Even though basically. it came, came off, it's still yeah, relatively yeah. high. Yeah. So I would not chase it here. But if it gets to a, to a lower point, to, to your earlier question, is there a point where you do buy these retailers? I think if this stock sells off, you probably do, right. because at some point th that store rollout will probably continue and, yeah. and be successful and, and, and they can continue on their path. Maybe not in 2023. So, okay. So uh, I would so hold no, it, no I would hold it, but I start buying here. Joshua, no. what about you? Because that argument is, remember the old, um, this is, you'd remember it, Rudy, the lipstick index. Yes. When yes. times are tough, lipstick sales go through the roof because they're, <laughs> they're a cheap yeah. uh, present to give yourself if you want to. There's also the spirits. hemline. Yeah, the hemline one. Yeah, yeah, the rising or lowering guys. headlines. All guys. <laughs> yeah, All yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't done, I haven't checked the Super Bowl with uh, the Chiefs ah, the NFC yes. or yes. AFC, because that's an anyhow. <laughs> uh, the theory of the lipstick yeah. index is when times are tough, people will go and buy lipsticks because it's a cheap yeah. treat, present to yourself, rather than go and buy a fridge or whatever. Mm. Um, the argument for La Visa could be that as well. It's yeah. cheap jewellery. Uh, uh, value, 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 value. Not a, not a premium fashion. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 as they like to. It's like, like a it. lipstick. Yeah, so about. look, I think it is going to be more. So does that hold water with you? Yeah, no, it does. Oh, right. um, younger consumer base, you know, like you said, they don't have home loans. They're yeah. not really worried about the interest rates going up as much as you try and explain it to them. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to care. So I think it's a, a really strong business. You know, the younger, cheaper market is probably where it's going to do better. Um, I wouldn't be buying it because it's quite elevated levels, but uh, it's a very strong company. Institutions really like it. So 
you know, maybe that helps them out with their capital raisings to expand into those markets and they can kind of look in a five, 10 year uh, time right. frame. Um, you know, strong management. The, the new, new chief executive, isn't it, with big international experience? Yeah, and they've got, uh, Brett Blundy still owns about 40% of the company. So, um, you know, strong institutional, uh, so, sorry, strong inside uh, holdings in it. So be very comfortable to hold this one through the market cycles, just because it's going to be a little bit more resilient um, and it's probably gonna come out of it continuing on that same growth trajectory. All right. So would you buy it at these levels or No, just hold it for the time being. Yeah, it's quite elevated. So if you do get a pullback, as we see that, you know, weakness in the sector, maybe Mm, in the next six six to 12 months, you get a good buy on it. Sort of the vibe I'm getting here on the call is, hey, retail stocks, just be really careful the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. But there could be buying opportunities in the best retail stocks for the next five years. Yes, exactly. Because, uh, because the way the market that. operates, at some point, it, it may start selling everything that just yeah. smells like a retailer. Yep. And that's, as we all know, that opens up opportunity, absolutely. So would LaVisa and JB Hi-Fi be in your top three yeah, retailers? Probably. probably. Uh, LaVisa would be for us, yeah. Yeah, fundamentally, I like that a lot more. Um, JB Hi-Fi is good, but it, you know it's going to have to come down a long way to, to really get that discount, because it's right. held up so quite like, well. Okay. All right. Um, now, Gary wants a view on Oz Minerals, the, uh, the big copper buyer, but BHP's made a takeover <laughs> off. It looks as though mm. it'll go through. If you're an Oz Mineral shareholder, do you just accept the BHP offer? Yeah, market's pricing in that it's going to go through. Um, I guess when prior to the stock, prior to the takeover coming out, um, Oz Minerals was very much correlated mm. with the copper price, yep. uh, which was heading down at the same time Oz Minerals was heading down. And then you can see there one day it's up 40 odd percent. So what that did is it creates a gap between the underlying commodity and the actual stock itself of about 40%. Now, since then copper has recovered, but Oz Minerals hasn't gone up in line with that. It's gone up on a revised takeover offer. So yeah. you're not gonna get the benefit of copper going up, which we are actually quite positive on at the moment. So. Um, yeah, the reason I mentioned that is because that 40% gap still exists, about a 15% gap between the share price and the copper price. Right. So um, yeah, I'd definitely be happy to take the money out of Oz Minerals, put it into copper. Um, our preferred name in the space at the moment is AIS. Um, it's doing really quite strongly. It's a smaller producer, so it's going to have more fluctuations than the copper price, both to the upside and the downside. But right. uh, yeah, if we're right and it goes up, it'll go up even more. Would you um, just stay in BHP, except that? Yeah, I mean, you've got the, the option is that you stay in Oz Minerals and then you probably end up with some BHP, BHP shares. shares yeah. Whether you want BHP at these levels is, is another question. So, you know, I always prefer to be in charge of the investments that we make as opposed to mergers and acquisitions okay. and stuff like that. So, yeah, sell out now, buy Eris, wait for BHP to pull back and then buy it when okay. you're happy to. Yeah, no, I, 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 on a slightly different reasoning, but I, 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 I would do the same thing. I mean, the thing is, if, if you, if you um, offer or you tender your shares into the bid, there's also an administration process that, that, that takes quite a while. Uh, you have to wait until, until yeah. your reward ends up in your, in your bank account. Um, I mean, I would just sell the shares now. There's, why would you hold on? There's, there's, there's no upside anymore. Yeah. The chance that this bid falls through, admittedly, is, 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 are very low. 
um, but you can do better things with your money. Right? You, can, um, you can cash in today on the market and then start looking around where can you invest. Right? Right. And if you want to buy BHP shares, you can do that on the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't have to wait for the whole administration process to go through. Are you a believer in copper? Yes, but um, commodities uh, don't go in a straight line. No. Um, as, as everyone in coal has experienced by now as well, and in lithium. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had uh, king of the coal miners, Gaurab, uh, on the call yesterday, yeah. and he calls that his coal adventure. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. went through, basically broke every rule in the book and went heavily weighted coal, yeah. um, which he bought well, um, has not sold that well. Yes, um, yes. And that's, that's, a, that's also part of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Commodities don't go on the straight line. I mean, yeah. And there's a lot of what people always underestimate. There's a lot of hot money that comes in because at times yes. those are the only stocks moving. Yeah? And they underestimate yeah. that if that hot money flows out, that nothing has changed with the fundamentals, but, but the share price has. Well, yeah, and the coal prices. Yes, yes, also. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So yes. where people, because of a very mild um, northern winter, uh, and the Germans stockpiled more than they needed at the time. So, yeah. all right. So I sell from both of you on Oz Minerals. Eris is an alternative. Do you have an alternative if you're in copper? Sandfire would be the largest uh, left, I yeah. think. But yeah. Sandfire obviously has... A lot of people don't like it because it operates in Spain, and apparently Spain is quite difficult for, right. for mining companies. Okay. All right. Uh, our next talk, uh, Tom wants a view, uh, Josh, on uh, Viva Energy, the uh, what is it, second largest vertically integrated refined transport fuel supply. Mm. That means it actually flogs um, petrol to you mm. at, um, mm. at the service station and also owns an oil refinery as well. Yeah, we really like the refining segment of the of the market. Um, so it comes up quite positively in our research team's um, models. Um, however, filtering down, we are actually a little bit um, more preferable to Ampol, which right. has a similar sort of business. But because Viva owns the Shell service stations, exactly. Don't they? Yeah. yeah. Again, you can see this; it's trading at you know, very high levels, um, right at the top of the range. We have it as accumulate, but at a at a, at a ideally cheaper price. Um, then yet to report, they do quarterly, so you get a pretty good indication, yeah. but yet to report this, uh, this, this earning season. So hopefully you can get it on uh, slightly cheaper as, as it gets closer. If they're, you rent it, would you hold it? Can yeah, hold definitely, it definitely. Yeah. They're, they're, they're set to uh, grow their revenues by about 43% next year and 120% on their earnings the year after. Right. Yeah. So market's okay. aware of that, and obviously it's priced in a little bit, but yep. uh, it's one of those companies that's making um, good money right now, and uh, we do see the share price. Uh, sorry, the price of oil in the next three months probably being higher uh, before then having a bit of a consolidation. Yeah. Why? Why's the oil price going higher? Yeah. Well, I mean, Co it's coming been, out of northern winter. It's been quite out of favour lately. I guess cooling off. There's so many different things working with oil and energy at the moment. You know, typically you look at oil as a barometer for the economy, but the energy crisis has really shaken that up because it's been heading down, you know, from those expectations yeah. of the, the cooler winter. So, um, yeah, it's not something that uh, is really tracking the correlations quite well, but uh, I just think it's at relatively low levels, um, right. getting a lot of bidding around that $80 mark. So, yeah, I think it consolidates around 90. Okay. Uh, Beaver Energy, Rudy? Yeah. Uh, um 
the difficulty of forecasting the refining mar margin. I mean, analysts get it, get it wrong on many occasions. Well, the government um, comes in and gives them a subsidy now to refiners. To, to, yeah, they're know, seen as yeah. a strategic asset. Yeah, there was, a, there was obviously a, a retail element to it. Yes. Uh, that's they don't own the property, they have a separate REIT, but, but, but owns there's the property. But, was, but, yeah. the, but the, the, the shop's there's basically adjacent to, uh, the, that's basically where the retail yes. element comes yeah, in. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a very good dividend payer, by the way. Uh, mm. I don't know what the implied dividend is on your, but I think it's, it's quite high. Yeah. So for dividend purposes for a company which you could argue is, has, has quite some defensive characteristics to it, because I mean, we can, we can all go to, um, to electric vehicles, but there's still a lot of fossil fuel cars out mm. there that, that, mm. mean, that load up uh, on, on a regular basis. Um, so for dividend, for dividend for an income strategy, I think this would be, uh, this could be on your, in your portfolio. Okay. I mean, it, right. it, it's a very good dividend payer, as is Empol as well, by the way. Um, so I would, I would hold it here, definitely. Yep. And um, um, the difficulty with, with the oil price is that, I mean, um, I'm not so sure. But I think it's too easy to forecast that it's, it's going to be higher in, in a year's time. Everyone yep. says so. Yep. And then you have a few guys that going like, oh, well, maybe these guys are a little bit too confident in this. And um, yeah. you never underestimate what, what a slowing economy can do yeah. to something like the oil price. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but I, I wouldn't buy these guys for the oil price because it's all about margin out of refinery and, and how yeah. much volume they can basically yeah. people, people put in their tank. Um, but you take the, the weakness on the retail side on board because it's, it's not the, the, the main business. So for yeah. dividend purposes, I think this okay. can be an excellent candidate. All right. Uh, let's recap the, uh, the first five stocks. Stock of the day, Sims Metal Sell from both Rudy and Josh. Uh, JB Hi-Fi Sell from Josh. Take profits um, uh, from Rudy, depending on what your investment st strategy is. Uh, Babcorp, a, uh, a no from Rudy, a buy from Josh, Lavisa, a hold from both Oz Minerals. Uh, both say sell at these levels because it's under it's likely to be taken over by BHP. Um, if you want a copper exposure, Aeros or Sandfire might be uh, alternatives, and Viva is a hold from both. Here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fund picked by the investment committee, the latest investment committee episode is up on the uh, platform osbiz.com let's see how it's going at the moment in february um the investment committee got out of aristocrat and jb hi-fi good timing there um, paradigm and new century resources were added plus bhp csl and boss energy weightings were increased if we have a look to see how the portfolio is going since the first of march last year up 13%. But keep sending your requests into the call because any stock that's not in the portfolio that gets a double buy from the uh, from the panel on that day gets um, elevated to the investment committee to see if it should go into the portfolio. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum and the CMC Pro accounts at our website. Um, in this half hour, we're going to be covering Experience Co, Sonic Health, uh, MA Financial Group, Ingham, 
and Australian Unity Office Fund. Um, Frank wants a view, Rudy, on Experience Co. This is the mm. uh, the big travel experience company, mainly in Queensland. It does um, tours to uh, adventure tours to uh, Great Barrier Reef, zip lining, all that sort. Of, they've got stuff in Queensland as well. Uh, Bob East, who uh, runs at X Tourism Australia, boss, uh, and also last week um, anointed as the new chairman of Gold Coast Suns AFL. Club. Just throwing that in there. I jumped out of a plane once, because oh. that's how this guy started. Right. Yep. Yeah? So people's jumping out of a plane, <laughs> or, or if you're in the military, you, they have these towers based on air where you just float into the air and you can yes, you can uh, have your practice skydiving and stuff like that. I went on one day, yeah. turned it up to the maximum. Only yes. got about that far yeah. off the <laughs> off the thing. They turned it up to tornado and still couldn't get me up. I don't think. Well, I vividly remember sitting on 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 the, on the edge of an airplane, looking down, and then thinking like, "Why am I here?" <laughs> and then you get um, a hand in the back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, this is to me, it, it's it's way too small. I mean, yeah. yes, they may they may have some. Upturn, which is probably always in the share price because we are opening up markets and stuff. But to me, a company like that shouldn't shouldn't be listed essentially. Right. Um, okay. It's it's uh, too small. It's it's on the whim of of, of short term momentum. If you take a long term view, they have they've had their, their bad times, and that's yep. obviously reflected. Um, uh, everyone who, who who held on since IPO is is down a lot on their money. Yep. For me, it's too small. Don't go there. Um, much less risky propositions out there. Hmm. Josh? Yeah, not in love with what the, the company's done so far in terms of delivering shareholder return. Um, Five-year average, it's decreased its earnings by about 50% per annum, so it's halved its earnings in the last five years consistently each year. And um, a couple of tough COVID years. Yeah, yeah, look, so, so have a lot of other companies, and that's just the danger yep. of the, the, the size of the company. So yep. we sort of erred on the side of sticking with the big names. Webjet was always our favourite um, since, since COVID hit, um, on the basis that the bigger companies will pick up market share. Uh, because they'll be able to write it out. They'll also be able to make acquisitions. And I think that really played out a lot. Um, so yeah, I think the travel reopen theme has, is pretty saturated now. Um, so I don't think this is one. It's done okay, it's come off its lows. Yep. So I'd, uh, I'd capitalize that and, and just look to take the risk off for the time so being. So. Yep. Yep. Um, so with Jet, you're also, I'm talking to Mark Gardner, mm. they just walk Walking out of the office, yeah. You're big fans of corporate travel as well, yeah. That that they've a lot of these travel companies during the lockdowns completely re-engineered their businesses. Yeah, more so on a relative basis as well. So when corporate travel was quite cheap, Webjet and Qantas were at their highs. Yeah. So it's like, well, you're not buying them here. Where have you been for the last three years? Yeah. Um, you know, sort of corporate travel presented that opportunity. So, but not um, anymore. Oh, they just have a little bit of uncertainty heading into to, to their report. So right. we've done that with a lot of companies where we've taken it off prior to the report. And I think that's going to be a strategy that does quite well this year. So, um, yeah, it's one that we've taken off prior to the report, okay. but we'll definitely have a look into the numbers again. All right. So maybe also good to point out, those companies like Corporate Travel and Webjet, they actually have a capital light model. I mean, they, they operate yes. a website essentially mm, yeah. and some software. Yeah. These guys have assets. Yes. Which basically means uh, in the downturn, the losses can accumulate quite quickly. They mm. can't go beyond a certain level. Yeah. 
And is that the di- that's also the difference between corporate travel, Webjet, and say Flight Centre? Yep. Even um, though even though they've called their their network massively, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that then also means they didn't big, have to raise trend. as much as Flight Centre, did they? No, flight, the flight centre was truly on the verge of, they yes. really had to, yes. Yeah, it's almost yeah. got double the number of shares yeah. as yeah. prior, yeah. so even though... And now half oh, of the network, now half of the network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, but still, good company, found a lead, but yeah. Str- struggling chance. with their business model though at this point in time, so yeah. they, they will probably have to reinvent themselves, and I always think when they reinvent themselves, you don't need to be there. Right. Okay, to run the risk. All right. Um, Rudy, Jerry wants a view on uh, Sonic Healthcare, Mm. the largest private medical laboratory pathology service in Australia, UK, Germany, and Switzerland. Uh, Of course, pathology did fantastic business during COVID as they stuck things up our nose and down our throat. Um, You have to, you have to, if you own the stocks here, if you own the shares here, you are basically counting on the fact that they will announce the next acquisition. Right. And usually that translates into positive market response, um, uh, et cetera, and, and more, more growth for them on the assumption that they, they don't overpay, which usually they don't do. Yeah. The, the disadvantage here is they, they have been a beneficiary of COVID, and we saw that recently with a, a company of much lower uh, quality Helios, yep. uh, cheap share price, cheap looking uh, fundamentals, and then still coming out with a result in the share price tanks. Yep. Um, uh, and 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 I, I've already seen people being positioned for a very bad result by uh, Australian clinical labs, yep. uh, which is is the is the minnow in that sector. I'm always a big fan of you go you go for the market leader for the largest. In this case, however, um, you have to be prepared to have a share price that may not go anywhere in, in the next six months or so. Okay. Uh, those, those large numbers from, from COVID, they need to be cycled through. And in the meantime, uh, it's anyone's guess uh, how much they're... Um, so the they're, they're the now f- below pre-COVID levels, aren't they? Yeah. The problem, the problem these guys are facing is that at face value, COVID testing only represents something like 4% of their business, but the margins were so high that their profits really had a big jump in, in COVID times, I mean. So it's a small part <laughs> well, of the business. Heads, you know, we're tenting in the car park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. They paid no rent yeah. and charged the government. And, and they charged, you know, enormous, uh, enormous margins. So obviously yeah. now, now the, the, the drawback from that is now happening now. Yeah. You see the share price coming well, you off. Do your, your yes. But they will be, they will be, they will outperform the rest of the sector. They will prove okay. more resilient. It, will, it won't be won't be a complete disaster story, but for the time being, uh, and I don't think this result in February will, will, will turn their fortunes around. Okay. We might have to wait until August, so maybe saying, even... So you don't even need to be in the sector? At the moment, not, or you take a longer-term view. Right. And I mean, I, I think you can, you can I mean, there's, there's lots of healthcare stocks that you can, you can pick and they may have a better prospect oh. for the next and six that's months. A, uh, that is a point, because we have really good healthcare yes, stocks. Yes, When you look at ResMed, CSL, yeah. Cochlear, the list goes on yeah. and on. For Medicus. If you, if you want, um, yeah. yeah, good on you, Claude. Um, Claude <laughs> Walker is the fanboy of uh, ProMedicus yes, and, yes. and got it quite right. But if you, what you're saying is, if you want healthcare exposure in your portfolio, yeah. there are better places to go than yes. this. 
Josh? Yeah, definitely. Not only on the fact that you know those companies seem better positioned at the moment, um, even at these levels where it's been in a strong downtrend, it's at 2020 levels. Um, it's it's having this big shift in in revenues and earnings and. Even at these levels, um, it's still relatively overvalued compared to its peers. Um, so we will look at healthcare companies on an EV or uh, over rev, uh, f- even even looking forward, it's still overvalued. Um, and even it's trading at a premium to its forward PE ratio as well. So those numbers are going to keep getting worse and worse. Um, we right. definitely reiterate a sell on this one. Spoke about a lot of healthcare yep. companies on the show. Um, you know, ResMed uh, would be probably one of my most preferred, right. or even something in the largest end of the market being CSL, um, right. continuing to report great numbers. Yep. Yep. Josh, okay. you have to be careful because you, we're going to be friends here. This <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day. Well, so that's true. CSL, Love you, Josh. CSL Love you. up to 306 bucks. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, yeah. so it was down what that 260, 270 for Simpl- a while in the, yeah. in the last year. Um, I have to um, get Carl Capelinger on my king of the charts to, because I think he was on a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago when it got back to three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. saying on the charts if it got to three oh five then that's the indication for another leg oh, up to okay. go because it's been trading between yeah. that sort of three five three ten down to two sixty yeah. for the last yeah, yeah. Yeah. last two or and three I, years. I mean, and I, I think I mean and today's result will, will probably solidify that. If you pay attention to, to analyst updates over the past two months or so, you can clearly see general sentiment is improving towards CSL. Right. right? Okay. Yeah, look at that. And that you see that in the share price. That yep. is, right? Absolutely. All right, David wants a view, Josh, on MA Financial Group, the yeah. uh, the investment bank. When it listed a couple of years ago, it was dubbed a, a mini Macquarie bank. Um, yeah. Managing Director Andrew Pridham, who is the uh, president of the Swans, uh, and the chairman of the company is Jeb Brown, who is uh, president of Collingwood. So it's a bit of an AFL Yeah, a few AFL chairs in, in, in the list. Um, no, this one's a, a good business over the long term. Um, they have been hurt a little bit recently by, um, I guess, the real estate section of their portfolios making up yeah. quite a fair bit. Um, and also their, the, um, uh, the China money coming in mm. to Australia, high net worth Which Chinese investors, yeah. is, is a big part of their business. Yeah, yeah. That's the main um, sort of clients for them is sort of high net worth international, but also yep. also local local high net worth. So, um, look, they should be okay even in a recession. Um, they'll still be able to go and spend those retail stocks and keep their investments. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, I think this one does well as a similar thesis to Challenger. So we had an update from them. They're, they're doing okay. Their numbers are, are continually improving. Um, they'll have a strong demand from investors into more credit funds. So they've got the ability to offer that and expand on that. And obviously, you know, if, if we see local rates <coughs> at 4%, the cash rates that is, and US um, cash rates at 5, 5.5, um, then those credit um, funds are going to do quite well. So that should attract uh, a lot of inflows mm. um, in that area. So I think this one, um, yeah, I, I have a buy on it. I think they do quite well moving forward. A um, little bit of a decrease. Um, you know, from sort of PE, but they can they can sort of shift around their assets, like Macquarie, where it one portion of its business does quite well, while the other part might lag. They'll have a similar effect here, where their mm. credit will offset their uh, real estate. 
you know, sort of wait for the sort of PE, VC part of their business to come good. But hopefully if they're, if they're good at what they do, that will uh, hopefully prevail. Okay. So this one's a buy. Rudy, the M, the M, the M is Mollus. Mollus, yeah. Mollus. The big investment bank yeah. in New York. Yeah. And um, in, a general, in a general sense, I, I agree with everything Joe said, except the comparison with Challenger. Um, I mean, there's a reason why I'm, I'm a big fan of Macquarie. I mean, uh, Macquarie, you, you, you see really the conglomerate working, taking market share in mortgages, uh, making money on the back of commodities, uh, volatility, mm-hmm. and, having a, 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 and being a top five asset manager in the world with annuities. Um, this is a much smaller version. Uh, it needs deals, basically. I mean, yep. you're right, there's property related, there's China related, but at the end of the day, it's an investment bank. It's yeah. a stockbroker. It needs deals. Yep. It needs M&A. It needs listings. It needs uh, capital raisings. Um, on the assumption that that at one stage will pick up, um, you're buying them here at a relatively beaten down price. Mm. I think it's worth it's worth the punt. I think it's worth it's worth the risk here. Oh, um, so you've got as a buyer as well. I would I would go I would give them the benefit of the doubt here because right. also none of the share price would be much higher, but the share yeah. price has, has come down quite a lot. And yeah. I think given the talent they have and, and the aspirations and, and the past track record, at some point they will start announcing deals okay. and it will, it will improve the bottom line. Jack, have we got the five-year chapter? Because I think they, they listed uh, at 250, I think was the issue, and then they did another issue two years later at five yeah, but bucks. Yeah, but they also merged so because they were originally Mullis and then they, they merged with yeah. OS and then they became MA Financial. So yeah. there's a bit of a, I don't know exactly when the merger kicked in and how much that has influenced the share price. Right. But in, in general terms, um, it's, about, it's about deals. Right. I mean, they need fina- yeah. financing deals to come and through. A, and there's a view in the market, uh, hasn't the government... Um, relax the visa laws again for high net worth immigration. I'm not sure uh, about that one, but what, what I do know is that the Chinese have relaxed the rules for students to come here. Yes. But then you yeah, buy yeah. IDP education. Yeah, 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 yeah. But usually the students mm. come here so their families can mm. ship money out yeah, to They're usually quite positive on the SIV programs. Yes, So the significant Huge. investors. So yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll ever change or they'll keep... Oh, no, no, but I think yeah. that's come back yeah exactly uh, i think they'll always try to push on that because yeah. it's just Open it's know, money again. It's yeah exactly yeah, yeah. No money talks significant yeah. amounts yeah all right uh, larry wants a view let's go from finances to feathers and uh, chooks uh larry wants a view uh rudy on ingham's the big mm. poultry group uh not only ingham's chickens in supermarkets, I think they're the biggest poultry supplier to KFC as well. Collins they're the number one in Australia. Yep. Um, the Huge. only co- the only question I ask is, do chickens bark? Do chickens bark? I'll leave that one too. Sounds like a dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the look on Josh's face. He just palm that off. Which is my way of saying it's a dog. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a dog. Um, they listed as a relatively badly managed uh, family, family business. business. The Inghams. They had to prepare them for family. listings and had to sort of like show up a few things like the balance sheet. From the track record since listing, it is now very clear that if you're the number one in the chook business, that does not guarantee very good outcome for shareholders. Right. And, and the track record speaks for itself as far as I'm concerned. On occasion, 
the value investors can't just get around it and, and, and start jumping on it. Uh, maybe if it's if it's at the lows there, but otherwise, uh, no, I wouldn't no. go there. I mean, these guys at the moment um, might enjoy a bit of a of a free ride because the, the price for for uh, white meat has has increased less than for red meat, mm -hmm. which may mean we might all consumers consumer budgets under pressure. We might we might might buy more chook meat than uh, yeah. than uh, than than the other sausages, but they still have the feed to come to, to uh, and, and, and everything else. It's uh, for me, it's uh, okay. it's one litany yeah. of disasters and, and okay. disappointments and track records mm. do matter. Yeah, big um, pottery family, bit of trivia. Guillaume Brahimi is marrying into it as well, the chef, and ha had his Bucks weekend at the, um, at the Super Bowl. Not a bad, <laughs> bad Bucks weekend, is it? You know, buy, buy the chooks, don't buy the chefs. <laughs> Josh, what do you think of Ingham's? Um, look, it should be quite defensive with the inflationary pressures, but uh, it's at a PE of around 30 at the moment, which I, I don't know how it's trading at that. Um, earnings of 30? Yeah, uh, earnings aren't expected to grow next year. Revenues are going to go up about 5%. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see the, the value. Um, demand should continue, but it's also... So do you class that as an ag stock? Or uh, an agricultural uh, stock or a retail more, stock? More in the staples. Staples, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. more in the staples. It's just something that's going to be continual right, demand. Yeah. I'd much prefer Endeavour, that we've got that in our portfolios. Mm. Um, you know, they a good report yesterday. Yeah, good numbers mm. up again today. Um, one thing I like about it was they have about 5 million active users on the Dan Murphy's loyalty program. So, yeah. you know, you do the maths of how many above 18 year olds we have that are on the, the program. A lot mm. of Australians are. Uh, Going to Dan and I'll tell you, well, regularly. I'm one of those five million. And <laughs> the um, their digital marketing over the last, I reckon, 18 months has improved out of sight. Mm. Mm. It's extraordinary the AI that they use in it. And hit me up. I, I, uh, I, I like. haven't, I haven't unsubscribed because mm. I'm quite interested in yeah. how, how it continues to develop. I'm all for targeted advertising. Well, Show me what I want to buy. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. I was uh, I was skeptical when they were spun off for, for that reason that I thought they, they they hadn't been well served under Woolworths. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've done a remarkable job on their own feet, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My, my, my skepticism has been proven incorrect. So, so they're almost a South 32 equivalent in hotels that they, they do better outside of mm. BHP than inside, mm. Endeavour ah. will do better outside of Woolies than in it. Mm. Um, yeah, well, 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 I would disagree with Josh is, is, the, is, the, the, is the staples. Uh, I think practice turns out that companies like Costa Group and Ingham's and the yeah. likes, they cannot be staples, they're not. Because the track record shows ag. that, but and Dover Group can and right. is right, and there's okay. there's a, there's a big difference in in the dynamics and in track record. Just on agriculture, um, Macro's been a big fan as well. Elders, yeah. I think everyone's been a big fan of Elders. Oh no! And then the Shapai tanks, uh, <laughs> and it's had a horrible yes. month. It's still mm. below nine bucks. Mm -hmm. um, are you still a believer? Yeah, look, I think I think the only explanation is just the uncertainty around the the new MDCEO, mm. who they can get in there, whether it's going to be as good. But I think if you you know practically think about the type of business that it is, 
you know, you don't need a significant founder to lead this business. It's it's oh. an amalgamation of tiny little projects all over yeah. the country, does so many different things that sort of just run on their own. It's like an agricultural listed investment company, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. We, we, we view it as an ag ETF. Look at terrible. Yeah. But everyone loves it. Everyone's, yeah. I can't believe the number of brokers that yeah. like it. Mm -hmm. I know. I Do you see, like I, it? I see them too, no. Right. So I, 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 I happily stand away from the crowd here. No, I don't. Right. That is ugly. All right. Okay. Our final stock, something a bit more stable. Uh, a REIT, the Australian Unity Office Fund. Uh, Rudy, nine mainly commercial properties, mm. uh, CBD, Sydney, Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane and Canberra. Yeah, but the key word is office. Yeah. Uh, don't go there. It's same with retailers. Um, I think the risks are too uncertain. Plus, um, and I have to admit, I, I do not know, I, mean, I have no intimate knowledge about this particular one, but give, given interest rates are now much higher, a lot of the REITs will, will have big headwinds uh, coming towards right. them. Higher, high, higher costs, higher, yeah, it's debatable. Um, and, and so if you want to go into the REIT space, oh, there are much better opportunities. Uh, Waypoint REIT would be one of them. Um, and, 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 and I'm still a big fan of, of the likes of uh, Goodman Group, right. um, sector leader, much higher quality. Gee, it's come back too, has it? Uh, yeah, but that's bond yields. Yeah. Uh, that's not the operation. The operation is still going great guns. Yeah. Um, but um, you have to be careful at this point with uh, REITs that are very much exposed to, uh, to retail earnings. Yeah. And, and office, uh, office is still in the doldrums. Too much yeah. risk, I think. Okay. And, and again, it's, it's not about where share prices are now, but it's, it's where they can potentially end up in, in six to 12 months time. Yep. Josh? Yeah, very much agree with the sort of skew towards the um, industrials. You know, we, we, in the past, we've, we've only really had industrials since COVID and we've leaned towards CIP and, and Waypoint Read as well. Um, this one, you know, you say stable, but it's the only thing that's really consistently done is lose your money. Um, I, I couldn't recommend this more of a sell. Um, you know, they've got assets outside the city, um, not too many diversified, like they don't have a great number of assets either. Um, Telstra makes up about 30% of their tenants. Mm. And last year revenues dropped, dropped by about 39%, which is right. huge. That's not, that's not stable at all. And uh, you know, they sold off a couple of buildings, which, you know, okay, sure. They just paid off debt with that. Um, they're not, that, that revenue is not coming back in for right. acquiring new buildings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and one of the tenants was Telstra. So, you know, you probably wouldn't want to annoy your, your greatest uh, customer. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't think it's well below COVID levels. Mm -hmm. It's had a bounce, the underside of the 200 day, which right. is significantly uh, showing a downtrend for the stock. Um, so yeah, definitely sell this why, one. Why Waypoint? Uh, the consistency of their customers, so they off operate service stations right yep. across the country. Yep. Um, you know, they're always going to have to pay their rent and it's not mm. something that, you know, is subject to shutdowns or anything like that. Um, CIP's got great customers as well, really stable okay. customers. So, Waypoint also is calling their network as well. Right, Viva has the Viva Energy rate, mm -hmm. does that? Yes. So, Wait, which is like Waypoint? Yes. 
Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we so like, we like that area. Yep. Okay. They also did a share buyback, you know, promised to deliver a lot of dividends back to shareholders. They're not really focused on growing their business. So it's just a great one where you can actually get that okay. stability. Yeah. All right. Also, Josh reminded me, uh, these guys are going to cut their dividends. So mm-hmm. investors should be careful in looking looking at last Past year's dividends, dividends and thinking they're yeah. going to get that this uh, year. All right. Okay. And it's going to be a big fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. Let's uh, recap the uh, the final uh, five stocks, uh, Experience Co, uh, a no from Rudy, just too small, uh, sell from Josh, uh, Sonic, uh, no from Rudy, sell from Josh, uh, both like MA Financial Group at these levels, just over five bucks, uh, Ingham's a no from both, Josh uh, would prefer, if you're looking in that consumer staples, prefer Endeavour Group, um, and the Australian Unity Office Fund, a no from uh, Rudy Sell from Josh. Uh, Rudy prefers Goodman, Josh uh, Waypoint. Uh, Rudy quite likes uh, Waypoint as well. Uh, Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena, good to see you, sir. Does that mean MA Financial goes to the committee? Uh, yes, it does. Goes up to the investment committee. There you go. Uh, Josh Barker from Macro, good Thanks to see you, mate. Me. Appreciate it. Um, that's all we have uh, for you today. If you've got any stocks that you want me to put to our expert panel, uh, I can do that for you. Just put them in an email to call at osbiz.com.au. If you've got a question around that you want me to put the panel, always put that in. Or if you have a favoured expert on the panel, add that in as well, and we'll try and match it up to the uh, to the panel that they're on. Uh, you can also put the stocks, uh, tweet it. Uh, tweet it to us at Osbiz TV on Twitter. Uh, the poll says next, David Franklin from Argonaut joins us to talk all things commodities. That's coming up after this. <laughs>